Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the Steam and Wise Guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the Spread Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread on this, the second week of the National Football League season and week number three in college football. And quite a week it was, at least on the National Football League side of things. We'll talk about that in just a moment or so. But, Victor, the world of college football has gotten off to a terrific start as well. By my tally, the way that I do things, I saw 10 college football upset underdog winners last week, six of them were double-digit dogs that won the whole game straight up and inside the stats, which I love doing, tearing the games down inside the stats, the way they were playing the field. Nine teams won their football games and lost the stats in those contests, four of them by over 100 yards. Quite a week it was in college football last week, Victor. Right, some inside-out wins, like you mentioned. A great weekend for the underdogs uh, in both the NFL and in college football, uh, Mark. Uh, I would assume that means a pretty good weekend for the sharp players and the sports books alike. I think overall on our picks, we had a slightly profitable uh, first show of the season between you, me, and Andy. I believe there was some winners there on what Arkansas, the over in the Virginia Tech game, Denver Broncos, New England Patriots. A couple of bad beats, but... Uh, Heck, uh, nobody wants to talk about the bad beats. They happen, definitely. But a very important weekend this weekend, particularly in college football, Mark. Big weekend in college football this week, Victor. If you go up and down the schedule of games on tap this week, you'll find an abundance of good quality teams playing one another this week. And that always makes for an exciting week of college football. And a lot of what could end up being college football playoff implications will be in the making this week because next week we're to be pretty well locked into college football conference games this could well be the big final week of non-conference games and with that one of our featured college football game of the weeks that we'll break down this week a little bit later in the show will be ohio state oklahoma a marquee matchup of a lot of big games on tap this week in college football and uh i know one thing victor i'm excited about this week's college card me too as well, and you mentioned the big weekend. It's a big weekend for a lot of the marquee programs. There's four matchups of ranked teams. Three of those involved the top three in the AP Top 25. We're talking about teams that already have one defeat. It's basically already do or die in terms of national championship hopes for some of these teams. One of them is the game that we'll talk about just in a few seconds here, the Oklahoma-Ohio State game with the Sooners already having one loss on the season. Another one is the Notre Dame-Michigan State game. Of course, Notre Dame lost that heartbreaker to Texas in their first game of the season. They're about a touchdown favorite over Michigan State. It's already a do-or-die for the Fighting Irish. Another team, and it's a big, big matchup fairly early in the season in the Pac-12, that would be USC against Stanford. Of course, USC got destroyed by Alabama in that first game of the season. So if they are going to entertain any hopes whatsoever of a national championship, it's going to happen this week, although they are more than a touchdown underdog in the game. And uh, finally, the, the fourth uh, do-or-die 
if you will, is going to be the Mississippi-Alabama game. Mississippi, of course, dropped one already this season. Alabama, a double-digit favorite in this game. So a team that was a preseason top 10, their seed is, is already on the line for uh, Ole Miss. It'll be quite a game, Alabama-Ole Miss. We tore it down in the Playbook Football Newsletter this week and called out the fact that not only is it revenge for Alabama from their only loss of the season last year, but it's also double revenge, if you can believe it, that Ole Miss has taken the tide out each of the last two years in a row. So I wouldn't want to be a fly on the wall in the Alabama locker room as they prepare for this football <laughs> game this week. You know, you'll get an intensified effort by the tie, but, you know, it's still Ole Miss defending the fort at home. Should be one heck of a football game. And as you say, Victor, you go up and down this card here, there's a lot of good quality games on tap this weekend. I'm really excited about it. It should be a heck of a week in college football. Over to the National Football League side of things last week, Victor. What a week it was in the NFL. You take a look and you break it down. There were six games decided by less than a field goal, either one or two points decided by six different contests last week in the National Football League. Seven teams in the National Football League won their games inside out. Those are teams that won the games and lost the stats. And there were seven underdog upset winners as well in the NFL. I don't think... Roger Goodell, Victor, could have asked for anything better than what he got opening week last week in the NFL. Right. A good weekend for, surprisingly, the road teams, 10-5-1 against the spread for the road teams. You mentioned the dogs. I got them going 9-6-1 and one in the NFL. Again, we, we want to look at the underdogs, and th- there's a topic, Mark, that I kind of wanted to discuss last week that slid by us in our first podcast of the season because I was looking at our database of last year's results in the NFL, and I was going to mention last week, hey, let's keep your eye on NFL divisional road underdogs, because last year in the NFL, these teams went 40-22 and 22 on the blind, meaning any circumstance, home, away, whatever. Division road dogs went 40-22. and 22. That's 64% against the spread for division road underdogs. Not only that, but these teams went 20-4 and four against the spread last season when playing off a straight-up win. So this is definitely that something that you want to keep your eye on this season. And lo and behold, the three teams last week who were division road underdogs all covered the point spread. They went 3-0 and in week one. So this is an impressive system that appears to have carried over to this 2016 season. Those three dogs last week, in fact, two out of three of them won the game outright. But those three dogs were the San Diego Chargers, the team that we mentioned, the team that you used as your opening game of the year, the San Diego Chargers against Kansas City, should have got the outright win. Of course, they were, what, winning 24-3 to at one point against the Chiefs. Kudos to the Chiefs for coming back and getting the win in overtime. But San Diego did get the cash, as did Tampa Bay against Atlanta. That's an outright underdog win. And the New York Giants against Dallas, another outright underdog win. So your division road dogs should definitely be on your radar. And there's about three to four of them going this week, depending on the line in the Thursday night game. Exactly right. If the Jets do come dog, they'd be one of those four plays, as Victor outlined on Sunday's card. The Miami Dolphins, Cincinnati Bengals, and Dallas Cowboys would Mm -hmm. also be division road dogs this week. A great situation or uh, trend to keep an eye on 
in week number two of the National Football League season as well. And Victor, before we go to break, I just want to pass along really quickly here my comment, and I don't want to get politically involved or uh, be right or wrong uh, as far as morals and uh, observations are concerned, but there's a big divide going on in the National Football League with Colin Kaepernick right now and the stance that he's taking. And, uh, you know, whether you, whether you are in support of him or whether you're not in support of him, I think I feel it's been divisive and it's also a talking point for sports talk radio guys. And, uh, you know, the bottom line to me in this whole thing is I think there's a better place and time to choose to do this and to not to do it uh, in the in terms of uh, not recognizing our national anthem. And it, it's uh, my opinion that uh, of all the comments that I've heard from all the people in the media about this is the one I like the best is John Tortorella, the coach of the U.S. Olympic hockey team, who said that if his players on his hockey team do not stand for the national anthem, and they if they sit for the national anthem, they'll be sitting over the hockey game as well. And that's <laughs> sort of my take on the whole thing. <laughs> uh, you know, I know <laughs> I know there's reasons to to be on one side or the other in this case, and just like politics, whether you're a Democrat or whether you're a Republican, you can talk to the cows come home for both sides. But I'm for John Tortorella. If you sit for the national anthem, you sit for the game. That's my take. <laughs> All right. I just want to get that off my chest, guys. And with that, we're going to go to a quick break here. We'll come back when Victor and I do. We're going to tear down our college football game of the week, that dandy we talked about on tap, coming up between Ohio State and Oklahoma with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed that's mybookie.a as an apple and g as in games tell them mark lawrence sent you only the biggest only the best only at mybookie.ag sign up today attention all serious football fans if you follow the best football newsletters in the nation now you can get them all at the all-new playbook newsletter superstore one visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation including the gold sheet Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this week number two of the National Football League for the 2016 football season. It's time for our college football game of the week, and we got a beauty on tap this week in Norman, Oklahoma, when the Sooners play host to the Ohio State Buckeyes in what has all the implications of a playoff football game. Victor, your take on the Buckeyes and the Sooners this Saturday. Man, this should be a fun game, that is for sure. Now, the over-under line in this Ohio State-Oklahoma game, it opened at 64.5. The first major move was toward the under. I agree with that. I'm playing a little bit on the under myself. It's dropped a full point and a half. 
as we record the podcast here on Wednesday morning. It's dropped from 64.5 to 63 points. Usually a big game of this magnitude. Uh, you're going to see a little bit more defense than you are offense. I think an interesting side to this particular game is the fact that uh, Urban Meyer has got uh, a little bit of an in with the Houston Cougars program. And this is a Houston Cougars team that upset Oklahoma in week one. They're coached by former Ohio State offensive coordinator, of course, Tom Herman. I'm sure Urban Meyer has consulted with Herman a little bit in regards to this game, and he probably knows what lies ahead. That's for sure. You know, in last week's win over Tulsa, it was all about the Ohio State defense. I know they're only returning three starters from last season, but they completely throttled a Tulsa team that finished number 13 in the country in total offense a year ago. The Buckeyes, of course, forced six turnovers. And if you remember that game from last week, it was just 6-3 to three with a couple of minutes to go until halftime. Just 6-3, to three, a very low-scoring game until the Buckeyes kind of broke it open before halftime and before those uh, massive storms that caused a delay in the game when they returned two pick sixes for touchdown to actually take a 20-3 to lead at the half. So some of the Buckeyes scoring in last week's uh, win of 48-3 to is a little bit deceiving because it were they were defensive aided with two pick sixes. That game did end up going under the total by 21 points against Tulsa. Now, that's off game one in which the Buckeyes went over the total against Bowling Green. Uh, they, of course, uh, what won 77-10, I believe, was a score in that uh, week one win, and that game did go over by 23 points. So both teams are 1-1 one and one over under on the season. Of course, Oklahoma did go under the total in that game one loss to Houston. The over-under line in that game was 65-and-a-half. Houston held the Sooners to just 23 points. Final score in that game, 33-23. to 23. It did go under by 9-and-a-half points. Of course, Oklahoma rebounded last week against a what Sunbelt team, L.A. Monroe, 59-17. to 17. That game ended up going over the total by 13 points. In terms of stats, there's not a lot for us to grasp here, Mark. Uh, kind of inconsequential uh, based on each team's opponents. But in terms of individual team stats, we do note that Oklahoma, yes, they've gone 5-1 and one to the over in their last six home games, dating back to last season. But this is a team that tends to go under, 75% under, in fact, against the non-conference opponents, 2-6 and six over under for the Sooners in their last eight non-conference games. Buckeyes, they're usually in the first month of the season a decent under the team. They've gone now 1-4 and four last five games in September, 1-7 and seven over under off a straight-up win of 20 or greater. Both teams improved greatly in uh, defenses last year. The Buckeyes, uh, and I mentioned this in our playbook college football kickoff issue, Mark, a couple of uh, issues ago, the Buckeyes were one of the biggest over-to-under reversals last year. In the 2014 season, the Buckeyes were 12-3 and over-under. Last year, they went to 4-9 and over-under, so a really, really big reversal team for the Buckeyes. And uh, don't forget Oklahoma. They improved on defense as well last year by four points per game from 26 points per game allowed to just 22. I'm agreeing with the line move in this game, Mark. If you're going to join us uh, on a little bit of a wager, 
then you want to get it in as soon as possible as it appears the line will continue to go down. So we'll call it a you know, decent opinion on under in the Buckeyes-Sooners game. Victor looks for defense when the Buckeyes take on the Sooners this Saturday in the big non-conference showdown clash in Norman, Oklahoma. Coming into this football game, my breakdown in the contest is if you look at the Ohio State Buckeyes and you think that returning starters are a key stat when it comes to handicapping games in the month of October or September, you should do a different take, especially if you like Urban Meyer, because he proves more than anything that recruiting means everything. Not only is Alabama the best team in college football and has been since Nick Saban's been there, so too are the Ohio State Buckeyes who recruit as well or better than any team in the nation. And they proved that when they returned only three starters this year on offense and three starters on defense, and yet have destroyed the opposition right out of the gate. And that's all due largely to the recruiting abilities of Urban Meyer at Ohio State. You talk about Urban Meyer and what he's done in his best roles as a head coach in college football, non-conference football games. How about 60-6 and six straight up in non-conference football games, 43-15-1 to the spread. Urban Meyer, when he goes up against undefeated football teams, 22-7 and seven straight up, 17-10-2 to the spread. And Urban Meyer on the road, 51-13 and 13 straight up in his 64 road games as a college football head coach. Obviously, those are Hall of Fame type numbers coming out of Urban Meyer and Ohio State. The last away loss, you got to go back in the database to find the last time Ohio State lost a football game away from home during the regular season was in 2011. That was when they lost at Michigan. They've since won 18 straight road games in a row of the Buckeyes, a true road warrior. And we talked about the being non-conference football games. The Ohio State Buckeyes themselves are 31-4 and straight up in non-conference football games, including 7-1. and when taking on undefeated teams. Very, very impressive numbers for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Take a look at the Oklahoma side of this football game. They come in here. Bob Stoops doesn't take a backseat to too many head coaches himself. He's 40-2 and two straight up in his career at home in non-conference football games. He's 18-2 and two straight up against undefeated football teams. Bob Stoops is at home as well. You talk about playing at home. Oklahoma has been an underdog the last four times at home. They've won all four of those football games straight up. And in fact, they were 2-0 and as home underdogs in their Bob Stoops, both of those victories. How about by 51-6 to and 31-14 to margins? Very, very impressive. Bob Stoops, Stoops and the Oklahoma Sooners. I think if you, this is a boxing match, you've got this thing as a draw after 12 hard-fought rounds looking at the way that they're going to take onto the field here. But the Bottom line to me, when push comes to shove, if you got to get to a side in this football game, I think the edge goes to Oklahoma here. If for no other reason, what we alluded to when we opened up the show, as Victor mentioned here, critical week in week number three in college football for teams that already have a loss. Oklahoma Sooners, a loss here rules them out of the college football playoff scenario. It's highly unlikely they would lose this game, sweep the Big 12, be a two-loss team, and then be the first only two lost him to make it to the college football playoffs. That's a long, long shot possibility here. A win here, however, puts them right back in the race. Ohio State could determine their chances by sweeping the Big Ten, and we could be back, both teams back in the playoff picture. With that, I'll lean to Oklahoma as the home dog against the Ohio State Buckeyes in this mammoth clash on Saturday. That's my take on the Ohio State-Oklahoma victors 
lean to the under total as well. We're going to tear down our National Football League game of the week when we come back. We've got a beauty on tap as well with the Cincinnati Bengals take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll get to that game and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game, along with Victor King's NFL over-under trends and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column, as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread once again in this week's College of Pro Football card. It's time for our National Football League Game of the Week, and much like the Ohio State-Oklahoma College Football Game of the Week, we've got a beauty on tap in the NFL when the Cincinnati Bengals invade Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers this Sunday. Victor, your take on this rivalry matchup between the Bengals and the Steelers. Well, this should be a fun game. This is one of the you know few games in which uh, both teams won in week one. And, Mark, I'm going to be using this one as our King Creole over-under free play today. We'll throw out an additional underdog opinion at the back end of the show. But I'm loving me some Bengals-Steelers under the total. We mentioned it in this week's totals tip sheet as Speedy's under the week. So uh, man's best friend and myself, we're loving us some under-action in this game. I had the over-under line pegged at perhaps 44, maybe 44 and a half, maybe even 45. But when the over-under line came out on Tuesday morning, 48, and it's even gone up a half point as we speak, 48 and a half points. So there's some value. There's some big-time value on this particular game under the total. So what we want to do is let the squares drive the line up, and then we'll dive in on the under. Who knows? Maybe it'll go up to 49 or even 50 points by the time they kick off. Now, this is a series that in the last seven meetings played in Pittsburgh has gone one and six over under with an average of only 35.0 combined points per game. Last year, it was a low-scoring Cincinnati upset win by the score of 16 to 10. 
we got plenty of individual team stats that point to a low-scoring game. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 1-10 over-under in their second game of the season over the last 11 years, averaging only 30.3 combined points per game. The Bengals in the last three years have gone a perfect 0-3 over-under in their second game of the season as well. We mentioned the impressive underwhelming team stats when they play each other in Pittsburgh. We got the fact that it's a short week for the Steelers as well. Yeah, they looked impressive on Monday Night Football, that is for sure, but this has gone 0-7 over under last three years. Divisional home teams off a non-division Monday Night Road game like Pittsburgh when the over-under line is 49 or less points. Now, Pittsburgh looked dominating with that big win over Washington. Cincinnati, of course, off the close win over the Jets by just one point. Here's another 0-7 over-under in the last three years. NFL home teams off a win of three touchdowns or more, like the Steelers, against an opponent off a short win of a field goal or less, like Cincinnati. So, as I mentioned at the, you know, Top of our little segment here in regards to this game, both are off week one wins. This has gone one and eight over under since the 2011 season. Game twos in the NFL, when both teams won in game one and the over under line is 47 or more points, these games have gone one and eight over under. We also mentioned a little pattern here in this week's totals tip sheet in some of the best over and under situations. And one of the best unders this week are week two divisional games in which the host is favored and the over-under line is in the range of 42 to 53 points. This is one of a few games this weekend that does qualify. They've gone 66% under the total since the beginning of our database back in 1980. And that applies to this particular game as well. Now, Cincinnati had an excellent scoring defense last year. Pittsburgh actually had a a very surprising number nine ranking in scoring defense as well. Did you know the Steelers allowed less than 20 points per game last season? They certainly did. Remember this, and we always preach this, Mark. Sharp players, they bet numbers and they bet value. Square players, they bet on teams. Or they tend to knee-jerk their bet off last week's result only. Pittsburgh's not going to score 38 points in this game like they did against Washington. Not against Cincinnati. Not against the Bengals' defense. That was number two scoring defense last year, allowing only 17.5 points per game. So we're liking the value. Let's ride the over-under line until it gets to its top, and then me and Speedy are going under the total in this game. Should be a fun divisional matchup. Victor likes the under total in the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game as a strong total side on this week's National Football League card, especially in a big division rival matchup on Sunday. A big matchup it is for the Cincinnati Bengals, if you will, after their meltdown in the playoff game against Pittsburgh last year. Not only did Pittsburgh go or Cincinnati go one and out again in the National Football League playoffs, but the manner in which they did it was dramatic last year. It was when Fontes Perfect went ballistic against Antonio Brown. He wanted to decapitate him at the end of that football game and end up result being that Cincinnati was penalized 30 yards of penalties because of those outbursts by Perfect and Pac-Man Jones in the contest here. It led Pittsburgh to a 
game-winning field goal that they knocked down at the end of the football game. Cincinnati went home and Pittsburgh advanced to the playoffs here. So rest assured, this game has been circled in big red ink here for the Cincinnati Bengals. Andy Dalton comes into the football contest here, having struggled in his career against Pittsburgh. He's just 3-7 and seven straight up and against the spread in his 10 starts against Pittsburgh. 1-4 and four straight up in ATS as a dog. Pittsburgh enters into the football game off that big Monday night football romp over the Washington Redskins. Very impressive victory by Pittsburgh. Ben, ben, big Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown looking to be the premier quarterback wide receiver combination in the National Football League on Monday night. At least they were in that game. Pittsburgh, however, in games after playing on Monday night football, they've struggled. They've gone just 4-10 and 10 straight up and 2-12 and 12 to the spread went favored in games after playing on Monday night football games. Pittsburgh has also struggled, if you will, in division openers. The last eight years, their first division game, they're just 1-7 and seven to the spread. And as you mentioned, Big Ben Roethlisberger, unlike Andy Dalton, he's dominated the Bengals in head-to-head matchups. In division play, Roethlisberger, 49-17, and 17, put 40-point spread wins onto that total. Against Cincinnati, he's dominated them as well, 19-7 and seven straight up, 18-8 and eight against the Bengals is Big Ben in head-to-head matchups here. The bottom line to me coming down to this contest here is this is the best role for Marvin Lewis in his NFL head coaching career. His best role being that as an underdog in games off a win, and especially when he takes on an opponent that's off a straight-up and point spread win. If that opponent's in that particular role, Lewis has gone 15-5 and five to the spread in his career in the 20 games he's been in this role, including 9-3 and three to the spread away from home. Big playoff revenge for the Cincinnati Bengals, the team with the better defense. I'll take them plus the points for my side in this football game on Sunday. That puts the wraps on our NFL football game of the week. It's time now we hop out to Las Vegas and check in for the Vegas vibe with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, a hectic week, busy week, I'm sure it was in Las Vegas with the National Football League kicking off last week. How was your week and how was everything in Las Vegas? Well, good uh, good morning, Mark. It's been a wonderful start to the NFL season, judging by what's been available at the sports books over this past weekend. It looks as though Las Vegas is on pace for a record-setting uh, season as far as handle is concerned. And if we can get the kind of dramatics and fantastic finishes that we got in week one, that handle will only grow as the public seems ready to fire with both fists as far as the NFL goes. And that follows another exciting college football weekend where, again, we saw record attendance at the sports books. Yeah, it was really, really exciting, uh, both on the college and the NFL side of things, as we opened up and alluded to on the show. Six games in the National Football League last week decided by less than a field goal. Uh, That was really, really dramatic, and it made for exciting finishes right down to the very, very end. And you talked about record handles, Andy. I'm going to ask you about the Super Contest in Las Vegas here. I haven't seen the final numbers here. I'm sure that you were able to track them down. What did it look like? I know there was talks when I was out there for the seminar that we were going to be setting a new record this season. Did we do it for the Super Contest this season? The pace for signups for the Super Contest throughout the summer, really beginning around late July, was about 120 or so ahead of last year's record pace 
of 1,727 entries, and indeed that pace continued, and a new record was set. There are 1,854 entries in the Super Contest for 2016, and that's uh, despite the fact that this year they imposed an administrative fee coming out of the prize pool, but that apparently did not deter enough people, and in fact, more people than expected came in. They didn't quite reach the Magic 2000 number. That might be one year away, but it's going to be a prize pool where the winner's share will be right around $900,000. Wow, 900000 with the administrative fee inside of that makes for another exciting contest at the Westgate Superbook in Las Vegas. And uh, after the first week uh, shook out, Andy, what did you notice in the contest? I know that we like to review with you each week about what the consensus plays were and uh, how the results ended up going overall. Overall on the blind, a good week or a bad week for the contestants in the contest? Contestants had a very good week uh, to start the season, much like they did last year. In fact, looking at the top five plays, of course, the format of the contest is you do submit five plays each week over the course of the 17-week season, so a total of 85 plays are submitted by each contestant. So looking at the top five plays in the contest this week, there were four winners and one loser as far as the point spreads are concerned, but even beyond that, there was one game, in fact, it was the Monday night game, where an equal number of contestants picked the Steelers and the Redskins, so there were 15 point spread decisions involving teams involving games in which there was one team clearly selected over the other, and overall, 10 winners and 5 losers, so the contestants got off to a very good start. I believe there was something in the vicinity of about 75 to 80 perfect 5-0 and records to uh, start the contest, so certainly the players did their homework over the summer. Now, of course, it gets a little tougher with Week 1 behind us. I'm not sure many questions were uh, answered in Week 1. In fact, more questions were raised in Week 1. We'll get some answers starting in Week 2. Talking about week number two, Andy, uh, I know that uh, the Westgate likes to send out their advanced lines one week in advance of what they project the lines to be if the games were being played this week. And looking at those advanced send out lines for week number two that were sent out a week ago, I see a few games here where the point spreads margins have been uh, noteworthy, if you will. And if you would, if you got a chance, uh, I don't know if you saw those or not, I'd like to review with those with you. Do you have those numbers in front of you? Oh, absolutely. I think this is one of the most valuable tools that the uh, uh, handicapper better can have because it basically says last Tuesday when these lines came out, not knowing anything about what's going to happen in week one, here's the lines that we are putting up for week two. And these are not look-ahead lines. These are actual lines that you can bet they're taken down prior to the start of the games that are going to precede them. So it's a very good tool for determining what sort of adjustments are made based upon, in this case, the results of week one. Perhaps the biggest uh, adjustment that came, uh, or at least the biggest move has occurred in the opening game on the schedule, the Thursday night game, the Jets at Buffalo. Now, in that game, the advance line last week was Buffalo by three, and that's where the game opened Sunday afternoon. That game was bet down very quickly to a pick'em situation. Amongst the other games where we saw adjustments of, of note, uh, looking at the uh, game between the Arizona Cardinals and Tampa Bay Bucks before week one, Arizona was projected to be an eight and a half point favorite against Tampa Bay. Based upon the results of week one, where Tampa Bay went out on the road and had an impressive win in Atlanta, and Arizona lost at home to the uh, shorthanded uh, New England Patriots, that line opened seven and a half. So a full point move over the key number of seven, and that line has come down a further point to where Arizona now a six and a half point favorite. 
Another move that we saw uh, as a result of week one's actions, Indianapolis at Denver. Denver was projected to be a three-and-a-half-point favorite. However, after they uh, had that nice uh, last-second win on last Thursday night and Indianapolis struggled and ultimately lost at home to Detroit, a small adjustment was made with the Broncos opening a four-point favorite. That game was quickly bet up to Denver by six. And another game worth noting is the Sunday night contest between Green Bay and Minnesota. Now, after we knew that uh, Teddy Bridgewater was out for the season, after Sam Bradford was picked up, and after we knew that Sean Hill was going to start week one, Bradford likely in week two, the Westgate put this game up at Pickham last week. Following the results of week one, where Green Bay struggled in Jacksonville, got the win, and did cover the closing line of three and a half, Minnesota started slowly and then won and covered easily in their nine-point win at Tennessee. The Westgate put up Green Bay a one-and-a-half-point road favorite, and that has not stopped the public from betting Green Bay to the point where, as of midweek, the Packers are now two-and-a-half-point road favorites. That move seems to be a little bit of a head-scratcher, perhaps the fact that uh, we've seen the public react favorably to the team that struggled in a situation in which they were heavier favorites earlier in the week. Andy, another game that uh, perhaps wasn't so much of a head-scratcher, being from Cleveland, Ohio, I note that the Ravens were three-and-a-half-point favorites on the send-out. That game moved considerably. You think that move was based largely upon RG3 being out for Cleveland or the fact that the Browns showed so poorly? I think if you look at what the Westgate did before we knew about RG3's injury and an ultimate absence, the adjusted line or the move, the move from the three and a half posted last week, when they put that game back up Sunday afternoon, it was four and a half. Line has moved up to six and a half and seven in most places, and that is due strictly to Josh McCown replacing RG3 at quarterback. There are many who think that the move from RG3 to Josh McCown, at least for this first game and maybe for the next few weeks, is not necessarily a negative move. The question is how long Josh McCown will be able to be healthy in addition to perhaps being effective. I'm not so sure it's much of a reaction to Baltimore who had a rather workmanlike uh, effort in a rather dull 13-7 home win against Buffalo to open the season, although the Ravens did cover the three-point line in that game. Yeah, we do point out uh, in this week's newsletter about uh, Josh McCown and his record in the National Football League and very serviceable quarterback, if you will. You take a look at what he's done. Uh, in games when his team has been off a straight-up and point spread loss, he's gone 21-10 and 10 to the spread. So he's been good that way. And as you say, the reaction here may be not so badly favorable with McCown being behind center as opposed to RG3 as far as the Cleveland Browns' fortunes are concerned. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. We're getting the Vegas vibe on what's going on in this week's college and pro football cards. And, Victor, I know you've got a question you want to run by Andy on the show this week as well. Man, that's some damn good stuff. I could sit here and listen and talk to Andy <laughs> all day long. I want to get Andy's reaction to the NFL primetime games, if I can. I imagine they generate a lot more volume than the games played during the day, Andy. And if you look at week one, anytime I'm sure the books can get a underdog and an under-hitting, it's probably really, really good for them. And I believe that occurred in the Thursday night game. Of course, that depends on what your over-under line was in that Denver-Carolina game. But it occurred in the Sunday night game with the Pats and the under-hitting. And then it occurred in the second half of the Monday night doubleheader with the Niners and the under-hitting. Your opinion, Andy, when those primetime games go dog and under? 
Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, our good friend Jay Cornegue at the Westgate said that uh, week one was going to be probably the only time all season where the house would be rooting for the New England Patriots. And of course, the Patriots <laughs> came through the now the the over under decision rested on that missed last kick. So it ended up right. being a missed kick. The game stayed under the game Thursday night between Carolina and Denver. We actually saw a, a significant line move from the open. Of course, that game had been posted. Week one games had been posted for several months. That game opened, as I recall, around 43, 43 and a half. It actually closed. And I guess over the last 24 hours leading up to kickoff at 40 and a half. So that game landed on 41. Not a terrible result for the books because uh, most of of the uh, action did come in on the under. So even though the ultimate result was over, there was a steady flow of under money. Now, of course, Monday night, and I think we saw this last year with both games on the Monday night uh, doubleheader. This year we saw it in the second game. Underdog and under is always going to be, or I won't say always because I I don't like using always and never, but is usually going to be the most desirable result for the house because the public likes to think in terms of favorites and overs. And in fact, as I'm listening to a number of Sports talk shows here in Las Vegas involving both uh, uh, respected uh, uh, handicappers and journalists around the country, but more so calls into a lot of these shows where they have contests for picking winners against the spread. It's amazing the percentage of those wager of those selections that come in on the over and on the favorite when you would think that even in this more sophisticated era, there would be a lot more attention paid to right. underdogs. So the books are rooting for the underdog and the under most of the time. Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com reporting from Las Vegas this week. And Andy, before I get to your complimentary play on the football show this week, one quick question here also. My good friend Tony Miller over at the Golden Nugget. I know his contest has been very, very popular and it's growing. Uh, any word on how entries at the Golden Nugget fare this uh, for the contest this year? I know that's a $2,000 entry fee. It's picking college and pro football games each week. And uh, there seemed to be quite a buzz and a bit of popularity when I was in town about the Golden Nugget contest this year as well. Yeah, there was an increase, but I think the increase was disappointing to most observers who were expecting an increase from 87 entrants last year to perhaps around 120 to 125. Unfortunately, that fell short, although they did go up from 87 to 96. Trying to understand why the reasons for that, I think, suggest that even though it uh, includes totals for both NFL and colleges and college sides, I think it may be illustrative of the fact that the NFL is still king and that the uh, contestants who participate in the Golden Nugget contest tend to be more of the sharps, of the wise guys. The guys who follow college football like to play a lot of those small conference games, like to play a lot of totals, so it may not uh, for a couple of years take on the uh, prestige or popularity of the Westgate contest, although as the interest in college football builds up, and of course it's got a considerable amount to go amongst the general population until it reaches the proportions of the NFL, I think in coming years we will see a steady increase but nothing along the lines of the percentage increase that we've seen out of the Westgate, which of course, on the other hand, makes it a very good contest because the less number of people in, the better it is for the sharp handicappers to have a have a potential uh, for a nice finish a view from andy isco from las vegas on what's going on this 2016 football season and more importantly this weekend in the world of college and pro football and with that andy i want to encourage our listeners to make sure that they check out your website at thelogicalapproach.com. Andy publishes a terrific weekly football newsletter. If you like analysis, detail, and statistics like you're hearing now you'll love his newsletter check it out at thelogicalapproach.com 
com. And with that, Andy, if you would, our listeners, I know would love to have your complimentary play on this week's football card as well. Well, last week I opened the season with the play here, unfortunately coming up a bit, a bit short with the New Orleans Saints who were in position to cover the latter stages of that game and ultimately looked as though it could go to overtime before Jack Del Rio, perhaps in anticipation of the Raiders moving to Las Vegas, took a gamble <laughs> and succeeded on that two-point conversion in Oakland's 35-34 road win at New Orleans. Now, a moment ago, we talked about the uh, books needing the under and the underdog, but that's not entirely true in all situations as far as handicapping goes. And sometimes you do go somewhat with a square play. And I'm going to stick with the New Orleans Saints, but I'm going to go this time with the total and look for this total to go over the posted number of 52 and 53, depending upon where you shop right now. And the series history suggests that this should be a very high scoring game based upon the recent meetings going back to 2009. Now, many folks remember last year's shootout where the Saints won 52-49, to 49, uh, so that clearly says these teams are going to be putting it up in the air and scoring points, but if you go back the previous three meetings, 79 total points, 73 total points, and 75 total points games played in 2012, 11, and 2009. I'm not sure we're going to see much improvement this year, at least early out of the New Orleans defense, based upon what we saw last week in uh, their game against Oakland. Giants defense does appear to be improved. They'll be tested a little bit more with the veteran Drew Brees as opposed to the rookie Dak Prescott who led the Cowboys on lengthy drives but settled for field goals. I think the fundamental matchups here with two pairs uh, with a pair of teams, both of whom prefer the pass to the run. Defense is still a work in progress. Sometimes the lines maker just can't set lines high enough when it comes right. to totals. He's got to work within a certain range, and 52-53 is at about the upper edge of this range. I think mathematically the number would work out to more like a 56 or a 57. Lines maker can't really do that because at some point the wise guys who play the numbers would come in on the under. I think we're going to see this line continue to move up, probably a little bit of a buyback to the under at post time, but I still see this game ending in the mid-60s to mid-70s. Andy Isco likes the over total in the Saints-Giants game for his complimentary play on the football show this week. And once again, check out Andy's weekly newsletter at thelogicalapproach.com or in the Playbook Superstore. Believe me, you'll be glad you did. Andy, once again, a great job on the show this week. 1,854 entries in the Super Contest. We'll look forward to keeping a pulse on that with you each week here on the show. And I'm going to wish you the best of luck this week as always. And Mark, Victor, I'll look forward to reporting back with you next week, and I may actually come up with a play next week that does not involve the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> <laughs> well, mark that down, and we'll see Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com visiting us here on the show. Don't you go away when we come back. Victor and I will put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week. Victor and I with our complimentary plays as well when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. 
That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join MyBookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to MyBookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at MyBookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the football show this week. It comes directly from this week's Playbook Football Newsletter. And if you haven't seen the Playbook Football Newsletter this season, you'll want to get your hands on a copy. We've gotten out to a great 9-2-1 start in the Playbook Football Newsletter. Our awesome angle of the week from the newsletter is titled Loaded to the max. And what we look to do is to play on any rested non-conference college football team in game two. If they're off a win and they won 10 or more games last season, taking on an opponent that's off a point spread win who allows 13 or more points on the season. Teams in this combination role are 12 and one against the spread. And these rested week two roles, our play this week will be on Michigan state when they take on Oklahoma in a big showdown game in South Bend, Michigan State are loaded to the max. Awesome ankle play on the football show this week. And before I hand it off to Victor King for his complimentary play on the show, I'm going to remind our listeners that our friends at mybookie.ag are offering a 100% sign-up bonus to all those who log on to the website at mybookie.ag this weekend. To take advantage of a 100% sign-up bonus at mybookie. Log on at mybookie.ag or give them a call toll-free at 1-844-866-2387. That's 1-844-866-2387. And also, one more quick note here about our friends over at United Games. This is the new interactive sports game app that will be coming out in October. And the buzz on this has just been exploding in the world, in the app world here. Uh, If you want to check out how you can become either an affiliate or a player for the new interactive sports app by United Games that's coming out, log on to the website at playbook.com, or more importantly, you can log on at games, G-A-M-E-S dot playbook.com. Victor and I are both heavily involved in this United Games sports app coming out, and we're really excited about that. Looking forward to the launch this October. Victor, with that, your complimentary play on the football show this week, and if you would let our listeners know about the totals tip sheet, which, by the way, guys, if you, if you don't know, inside this week's totals tip sheet, there's a Dandy over under total angle on a game two situation in the National Football League going this week. That's gone 24 and 6 in game twos. You can check that out in the totals tip sheet this week. Victor, your complimentary play, if you would. Thank you, Mark. Definitely with the totals tip sheet. And right back at you with the playbook newsletter. Newsletter best bets, 9, 2, and 1. A very nice start 
Issue number four just came out on Tuesday night, now available at the playbook.com website. Uh, in terms of college football over-unders, we're at 67% for the season after two weeks. A decent start. Our Saturday college totals will be up on the website on Friday morning. And I can't ignore man's best friend. Speedy had a good opening weekend going 2-0 and in college football on Saturday night. He had a three-star play on double-digit underdog Washington State against Boise State. And they didn't win, but they hung tough, lost by only three points. Speedy got a win there. He came right back on Sunday with a win on the San Diego Chargers plus the points and joined you on that play, Mark. So Speedy's uh, underdog plays a good start for man's best friend as well. Of course, I mentioned that our lead play, our number one play, is definitely the Bengals and the Steelers under the total. But one more I want to touch on if I can and we covered this a little bit in the Andy segment, and it still got me banging my head a little bit. And I'm loving me some Cleveland Browns plus the points this week against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, look at the line in the game, Mark. This has got my head so confused that it's actually hurting. You got a Baltimore team that was minus three at home against Buffalo in game one, and now they're laying seven, man, six and a half or seven on the road against Cleveland. That's a line that to me is there's something up with it. It's out of whack. I know there's an in quarterback injury. I understand that. But for Baltimore to be laying this many points on the road, I don't see it. I don't buy it. You yourself made a good case, Mark, that the Cleveland Browns are probably a more efficient team with Josh McNown at quarterback than RG3 anyway. So I'm liking me some Cleveland Browns. In fact, I'm liking me some Believe Land with Cleveland plus the points against Baltimore. I definitely think it's worthy of a selection. The Ravens are not that good against uh, losing teams. They've gone 2-7-1 ATS, their last 10 against teams with a less than 500 record. Their offense didn't look really good last week either. And let's not forget that this Cleveland-Baltimore series, they're usually close games, man. That is for sure. Baltimore won at home last year by only six Cleveland won at home by three against Baltimore in overtime in that other game last year. The last four out of five meetings have been six or less points. So as long as we get six and a hook, maybe even seven, I want me some Believe Land this week, uh, Mark. Victor King likes Cleveland plus the points against the Baltimore Ravens in a strong way for his complimentary play on the football show this week. And be sure to check out his totals tip sheet. He's got also big games on tap. You can get all of Victor's top plays over under totals and sides available online at playbook.com this weekend. Before I get to my complimentary play on the football show this week, I want to remind our listeners once again that another $99 football weekend of winners I've got on tap this week. It'll feature our college football underdog game of the month. And believe me, this college football card is absolutely loaded with top quality underdogs on this card. You'll want to pick up our college football underdog game of the month. It's all part of another $99 football weekend of winners. To take advantage, log on at playbook.com or give me a call toll-free at 1-800-321-7777 for that $99 football weekend of winners. You'll be glad you did. My complimentary play on the football card this week, I'm going to take a look at a non-conference matchup when Colorado takes on Michigan up in Ann Arbor this weekend here. The Colorado Buffaloes come into this contest with the number one 
defense in college football this year. They're allowing just 161 yards a game. They also have the number six offense that's gaining 588 yards a contest this football season here. That's all largely attributable to a team that's returning 18 starters back from last year's football team. This is a vastly improved Colorado Buffalo football team. They're going to take on Michigan here this week. And uh, before I get to the Michigan side of this football game, there's an interesting story that's out there on the Internet about the fact that Michigan, the Wolverines, do not issue a weekly depth chart. It's a I don't know if it's a Jim Harbaugh thing. He doesn't want other teams getting ready, knowing what his depth charts look all about. So Colorado counteracted that this week with their own fake depth chart this week they thought that they're entitled to put their depth chart out there and they put a fake depth chart out there and it's pretty amusing pretty entertaining if you take a look at the players that colorado's got on their depth chart this particular week they're using a lot of uh movie characters names actors singers and so forth for all their fake depth chart positions here and they've got a quarterback this week danny devito and they're throwing to a wide receiver minute bowl that's a combination of quarterback to wide receiver. At the center position for the Colorado Buffaloes, they list Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as their center this week. And their nose tackles this week are Vito Corleone and Luca Brazzi as their nose tackles. Take a look at uh, on the internet. Check that out, guys, if you get a chance for the Colorado Buffaloes depth chart this week when they take on the Michigan Wolverines. I'm going to grab up the points with Colorado in this football game. Michigan just 1-7 to the spread. In the last eight games against Pac-12 opponents, they've got their Big Ten opener on deck. I think Colorado plus the points takes Michigan down to the wire in this football game for my complimentary play on the football show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread for Victor King from King Creole Sports, Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, we know is listening from above. Until next week, I want to remind you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. 